Hello, everybody. It's Michelle Kaufman. Andre's out this week, but we have a very, very special guest. Welcome to Inside Inter Miami. I'm going to do the pistolero. We're still waiting for Luis Suarez to be able to do that. So far, I'm the only one doing it for this team right now. <laughs> and there's our special guest. Anyone who follows Inter Miami and has followed soccer in America for the last three decades pretty much knows who this is, probably needs no introduction. But uh, this is Fernando El Presidente Fiori, uh, a, a well-known sports broadcaster in Spanish, English, maybe other languages I don't even know. Um, claro, en cualquier language. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we have Fernando as a special guest today to talk about being somebody from Argentina, what it means to have Messi here and all kinds of things. And then we're going to go into, into the games. They've played two games now. We're going to sort of assess where they are, how they look, what's coming up with Orlando. So we have a lot to talk about as always. We're going to have a great conversation. So first of all, Fernando, I wanted just to get a brief biography of you. You know, everyone has seen you on TV, but how did you get to where you are? And, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. How long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you have your stick, I have mine. So before we go any further, there we go. Now, now's the now's the proper the proper way to start this uh, great conversation with a uh, with a friend for so many years. Michelle, it's a pleasure to be here uh, with you. And um, yes, it's been a long story. To make the long story short, it's been over thirty five years. Um, I I was a uh, I was looking and trying to get into the communication business back in the 80s. Uh, I moved from Argentina in 1980 to New York, uh, New Jersey area. And um, I spent the first eight years here in America trying to, to, uh, to be able to fulfill my dream of being, uh, of being uh, an actor. That was my original dream. Uh, or on TV, on radio, on, you know, <laughs> on theater, on anything related with communications. Um, and uh, uh, God finally uh, answered my call. He was waiting for my moment. And then he finally says, now is your time, my friend. And, and God gave me the opportunity in 1988. And I started in Telemundo uh, back in the age of uh, no cellular phones, uh, very, very few outlets on Spanish uh, and Spanish uh, networks. Uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity. And well, um, I started working in uh, different shows at that time, uh, including sports. Uh, I'm, I always say that. I always make it very clear. I didn't study journalism. I studied theater and, um, and tourism. So I graduated in tourism and, uh, and, and, and I was studying theater for the longest time. So I'm basically an actor that uh, he was performing on TV, different roles. And uh, well, uh, I started doing all kinds of uh, things. And, and, and I, don't want to, I don't want to brag about it, but, uh, but one of those persons that I don't think is very common that a person in front of the camera could be doing over the span of his uh, career, uh, being an anchor, news anchor. So I did news. Uh, I did traveling shows. I did game shows. Uh, I, I did talk shows. And, uh, and I was able to also get into sports because my love was sports, not because I was a, a sports journalist. I shouldn't take in one of your courses now and maybe I can get my degree. But back then... I was trying to to please my employer and uh, Fernando. 
can you talk about sports? Uh, are you good at it? I said, well, let me see. I, I can do it. Of course I can do it. And let's see if the people love what I'm doing. And I was also, like I had to say, again, nothing to brag, but it's the fact that I was a, a pioneer and I'm, I'm mixing in Spanish the entertainment and sports, uh, which it was very, very bad scene in, in the eyes of many people back then in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. But uh, seems like I was doing something right because fast forward 30 years and everybody's a comedian now. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and, and so I, I took a risk. I was, I was, uh, you know, I was someone that coming from, uh, from theater, uh, I wanted to break many stereotypes of, uh, of what was doing on TV, especially in Spanish. And I, and it's nothing wrong. Let me, let me, let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, I respect and, 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 and I think the highest of all my colleagues from that era or from this era. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but I have to say back then, Everybody was thinking that I was crazy. How come I was gonna go and do a sport? We still report? think you're crazy, by the way. No, we no, still yeah, think you're crazy, yeah, but, but <laughs> in a lovable way. In a lovable way. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. But uh, it, it's funny because uh, I see now uh, things that I was doing in the late '80s, night, you know, the '90s. Like I was one of probably the first sports anchor to go and do a report on the World Cup with uh, with a jersey. And think the people they were crazy because everybody, all my colleagues were in suit and tie, and and they say, this guy is not. He's not going to last long because no one will do a sports report in a soccer jersey. And now you turn on TV, and everybody's doing everything in soccer jerseys. And uh, you know, and it's 2024. I was doing it back in 1992. So those kind of things uh, seems like a Again, thank you, God, for <laughs> letting me be crazy back then. And uh, and I'm still here. <laughs> and you're still here. And real quick, let's give a plug. You have a new show with Inter Miami radio show. Can you please tell us about that? And for all the people that are watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, where can they find your coverage of Inter Miami? There's a new outlet now. Let me give you a kiss with the permission of my good friend. No, no, Pierre, put me put me back in a, put me back in the two box, please. Put yeah. Mm, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> thank you, Michelle, because this is something that at my age, 63, almost 64, with 35 year career in this, I'm so proud and so happy and so blessed because finally something that I that I, I was fighting for and, and I was trying to get it uh, with the Inter Miami to have our broadcast in Spanish in radio uh, finally paid off uh, after four seasons. Um, it was difficult uh, to, I know I understand, it was, it was a difficult time for the Inter Miami in the beginning, COVID in the first year, everything went. So I was, I was so thankful to be able to be working with, uh, with the broadcast in English. But finally now, we have the Spanish broadcast. We are the official radio of the, of the Inter Miami. It's called Deportes Radio, 7.60 a.m. It's a West Palm Beach radio that you can find us in all the platforms like TuneIn, uh, Euphoria, and Facebook, and, and, and everything else. Uh, but uh, we are having so much to do because we are having so many ideas now, and, and I'm so glad, and thank you, Michelle, for bringing this up. But now you can find us, and you can, you can listen to us. If, you're, if you don't have Apple TV, but for some reason, <laughs> uh, 
and, and you are Hispanic and you want to listen to us, or you are you are non Hispanic, but we know that everybody loves to find out uh, to to listen to a, a a soccer game broadcast in Spanish. You can find us in uh, in the seven sixty a.m. Uh, or tune in, like I said, Deportes Radio. So we are very, 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 very happy to be announcing this. We already did the first two games. Um, my uh, my play-by-play mate uh, is Leo Vega, a, a guy that has been in the business also for so many years with ESPN Radio uh, in Spanish before, uh, with Unanimo Sports, with so much experience. So he's uh, he's a, my play-by-play guy, uh, and I'm the and I'm the color commentator, and we will have. A wonderful season God provides. Thank you. That's excellent. Um, I wanted to ask you, being from Argentina, you know as well as anyone, better than anyone, uh, what does it mean, what did it mean when Messi signed with Inter Miami for the entire country of Argentina? You were at the World Cup when Messi won. You were there. Can you just give us a little bit of context of what it means to be an Argentine person to have Leo Messi here in your mist in South Florida. Well, Michelle, I'm going to tell you something that uh, that I was thinking for so many years before Messi signed with the Inter Miami. Um, every time uh, friends of mine that they live in Barcelona or people that I know or colleagues that I know that they were saying, oh, what, a, what an incredible feeling is to go to the no camp every week and see Messi on go to the radio and broadcast the Messi games or have the chance to see Messi play every single weekend. Uh, I was jealous. I have to, <laughs> to admit it. I, I was, I was uh, very jealous because I, I was thinking, wow, it, it, it certainly feels like it would be perfect to go every weekend to broadcast a game or to go as a fan to the stands to see Messi play. So I'm speaking for every Argentinian around the globe, probably, that it exactly they felt the same way. Every time someone say, oh, oh, no, for me, it's like normal thing to go to, uh, to the stadium this Saturday or Sunday to see Messi play. We were all jealous. When they announced that June last year, June 7, that, uh, that Messi was coming to Inter Miami, I said, oh, my God, no, another of my dreams come true. Finally, I will be able to say that I'm going every weekend to see Leo Messi play. I know it's not the same Messi as 15, 20 years ago, but hey, who cares? This is the gold. This is a, a player that still, uh, you know, give us so much joy uh, on the field. Uh, the, the good days, fine. The great days, absolutely incredible. The bad days for him or the team still <laughs> are a dream for us because it's still something happened and... Uh, and, and, and let me tell you something. This is something that, uh, you know, I just tell for the first time because it was, it was in the game last Sunday. Uh, when, uh, when we were playing so awful, and I'm going to start talking about this right now. When we were playing awful and we didn't have any chances, it was only 10 minutes. We were losing one nothing, And I told Juan Arango, my, my play-by-play at that game, and I said, I don't know why, but I have faith. I know that. Messi is going to do something now. I mean, it's not like a, I'm a big guru because that thing can happen at any time. But it, it felt so good when he finally scored in the 92nd minute that in our broadcast, when he was screaming the goal, I was saying, I told you so, I told you so. Because that's what Messi creates. Uh, creates uh, the faith, creates uh, the hope, 
that something will happen. The hope for Even magic, right? The the possibility of magic is that what it is? That it's just not. It's there are a lot of good players. There are a lot of elite players in the world, but with him, it does seem like whenever he touches the ball or when he's on the field, you know that there is a possibility of something magical. Is is that what it is? How would you describe what makes him different? It, it's exactly like that, and. Uh... And he, you know, he showed last uh, he showed last Sunday, uh, and and and, uh, and and why not? Let let's let's go honest. We haven't had a good game on Sunday from the beginning. I know that you will talk about this a little later, mm -hmm. but no, no, okay. we can go into it. Let's go into it. Yep, the game yeah, was yeah. not going well at that point. Yeah, no. just to mess up to mess up our our topics. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was not going good. Um, it's funny when the when the people say, oh, you know. This team is is not good. I mean, how can you know? It, it happens. You know, some games are better than others. When uh, when the season started, the first forty five minutes against the Real Salt Lake, we looked like a very good team and 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 with a lot of hope and um, yeah, a couple of mistakes. But we say, hey, this is a completely different Inter Miami. And now the second game was playing flat. We didn't play good. Uh, it was it didn't look good at all. Uh, and and probably yes. Sometimes you deserve to lose, and sometimes magic happens. And, and Leo Messi is capable of that. And coming back to your question, to your original question, I think that every single Argentinian is uh, is happy, not only because they love Messi, but also they are happy for Messi, because he was miserable in in Paris. I mean, you can have all the money in the world, and 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 you know, I know that money helps to do some other things, but sometimes it's not everything. I mean, uh, you can be you can be in Paris. Which is a lovely city uh, with a lot of money, with your family, but still, even if you are doing your craft and you play football, you are not happy, and that will happen with Messi, and especially, you know, after he won the World Cup and he says, "Okay, uh, Copa America, check, World Cup, check, best player in the world, probably, check." Uh, now he needs to be happy, which is very difficult to do the check on happiness, and uh, when he signed for Miami. He showed that, and and immediately when he came here, you were there in every single game. You saw his kids playing on the field at the end. He was with a big smile. So Leo Messi is is a person that pretty much, except the haters, <laughs> which are like this, or or just the Cristiano Ronaldo fans probably, or Real Madrid fans, or or some of them, unfortunately, people that Messi beats all the time. Uh, majority of the world were happy for Messi. And, and this is a good feeling because it's a, you know, Lionel Messi gives you all his craft and all his magic and you are happy. And also because you are happy, because he's happy, everything is a good vibe. So everybody said, no, he brings, he's, he's definitely brought joy and happiness, like you said, to the Argentine people, but really all the fans who watch him and all that we've seen now, the craziness in, in you know, in Hong Kong, in Japan, in Saudi Arabia, all over the world, he has such a cult following. I would call it a cult following. It's it's yeah. very different from other. And it was very unfortunate. Since you bring the topic, it was very unfortunate he he couldn't play in Hong Kong, and the people expect him to play all the time. And the same thing happened. And 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 sometimes I think, come on, guys, you have to be a little more honest with yourself. The same thing happened with Chicago last year. I mean, the guy the guy is not there to play every single game if he's injured or he doesn't. 100% fit. So you're when you are paying for a ticket, you're paying for a ticket to an event. 
nobody tells you exactly who's going to be playing. And it, unless Messi says, I'm going to play next week, and then he didn't show up, which he will never do, because he will never say, I'm going to play next week, because you don't know what's going to happen next week. So it, it's something that the people, of course, everybody's expecting to see Messi, but if he cannot play, you cannot blame him. Exactly the same thing happened in my background in theater. Many times you go to see a show and you're expecting to and see the And the understudy guitar. shows up. Yeah. Right. And, and you, you get the little the paper in the playbill. You get the little paper in the playbill that there's going to be an understudy. That's yes. it. Because that day, that morning, the main star of the a Broadway show could get, you know, a, a flu or, or he had COVID or, or whatever and he cannot perform. And you go, what are you going to say? Okay, give me my money back. So you play to see uh the you know uh mamma mia if, if, if the big star of mamma mia is not there that day <laughs> i mean sorry what what can we do right no that's exactly it i mean the and that's going to happen this year this Again. this team is already the top 25 team the top 25 games in mls this season are already from StubHub and and uh vivid seats are inter miami games so all of these people are buying tickets for games that are going to be in July and August and June, and they're expecting to see Messi. These people are paying big dollars. They're expecting to see Messi, and hopefully they will. It's possible they won't. That's something that people are going to have to get used to, that reality that he is not going to play every single game the entire season, plus all the cups, and he's not going to play 90 minutes of every game that he plays, and I think people are are going to have to get used to that. Let's assess as long as we're talking about you know the games. It so there have been two games. Last that... year. It happened to you also yeah. last year. I remember your family trip to New York and, and they were able to see a, a few minutes. Yes, they were able to see him play at the end, but they weren't sure. And we bought tickets. My I was going to go cover the game. My husband, my daughter lives in New York, so they were going to buy tickets to see Messi. But there was a chance he wasn't going to play, and that was a chance we took. And we you know they bought the tickets and they were lucky they got to see him play at the end of that game. Um, how would you assess what the team looks like after the first two games? There was a lot of concern after the, the tour that the tour is going to be too grueling, too much travel, 24,000 miles across all these different time zones, that it would affect the team's fitness at the start of this season, that maybe they didn't really get enough preparation because they were just traveling and doing walkthroughs before the game instead of being in one place running and doing the things that a normal team does in the preseason. How would you assess the first two games so far? What have you seen uh, from, you know, the team is in first place. What do you see about them on the field? What What do you see so far two games in? Uh, it, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, and uh, to be honest with you, and, and this is my personal opinion, uh, everybody was, uh, was mentioning all those situations or problems that you just mentioned. And, uh, and, and we would all, thinking that it would be an awful first couple of games or three or four games probably because all those things that you just mentioned. And then what happened? The very first game at home, full stadium, Inter Miami goes on the pitch and they play a very decent first half against Real Salt Lake. And everybody say, oh, what a, wait a minute. We spent the last week talking bad-mouthing yeah, bad mountain into Miami that they didn't comply with a with a top, with a with a salary caps that they were tired that they that they have an awful preseason and then the first forty five minutes they play very decently so okay it's a different Inter Miami wow magic second half 
it didn't go as Not well. Not so good. It didn't right. go as well, but still, you can see Lionel Messi running like a kid at the 88 minute. Diego Gomez making a goal, and it says 2-0 with a, from the assistant from Luis Suarez. Oh, okay, so it's not that bad. So we go like this, like this, and then you go to LA and say, well, LA, now LA is not looking good. The defense is bad. They, they changed 15 players. They have a new GM. Anything is going good for LA, so Miami will win against LA easy. And then you go into the game, and, we, and it was really, really bad. In terms of uh, no connection, no, no, not a good, not a good performance at all from pretty much anybody except Drake Calendar. Except Drake, I was just going to say Drake Calendar kept them in that game. If yes. those two saves that he made, had he not made those two saves, they would have been down to nothing. They would have been demoralized. Yes. It was there. The fans there would have gone crazy. Even though a lot of the fans were there to see Messi, as we saw. Whenever Messi does anything, there was a big roar in the audience, yes. even though they were there for, for uh, L.A. But Drake Calendar kept them in that yes. game. Other than Drake, the team did not play well in the first half. No, it, it was very difficult. We, we, we say that in our broadcast in Spanish, 7.60 a.m., Deportes Radio. Uh, we, you can find us in TuneIn. Uh, we, um, we certainly said in the broadcast that it, it was very difficult to find another player from Inter Miami doing a good job because let's be honest, even, even, uh, you know, I'm a diehard fan of Inter Miami. I work for the team. We, our radio is an Inter Miami radio, but you have to be honest also with your audience. And, and, and we didn't play good. We didn't play good. It was only Drake calendar. That's it. And, uh, and and then everybody again, all the haters will come out. Oh, Miami's bad. Oh, Miami's not good. So we don't we don't know which Miami is gonna show against Orlando this coming this coming weekend. And in my way, I want to talk about Messi's goal though. Before before we go to Orlando, okay, let's discuss the goal. The goal that he scored with yes. Alba. It was Messi, Alba, Messi, Alba, Messi. That connection. Can the, you know how did you call? You were the color commentator. Do you remember what what did you say about that about that goal at that moment? Yeah, uh, I like like I mentioned before. I, I say to Juan, I told you so in Spanish. Te lo dije, te lo dije. Something's gonna happen. Algo iba a ser Messi. Something Messi will do that. It will be magic. And he did it with his with his best uh, partner in crime, which is Jordi Alba. For the last I don't know how many years. Uh, 15 years, whatever they since they started with uh, with Barcelona, they are in the they are in the in the left side of the attack. Uh, Jordi Alba, it's it's the perfect the perfect partner for Messi in those plays. Those plays they've been doing it together for so long. It's those kind of things that you know they're going to happen and you still cannot stop them. And uh, it was I know it was a perfect. In in Espanol, decimos la pared, the wall, because you you hit someone who gives you the ball back like a wall will do it. Uh, you know, it was a perfect connection. Messi, Alba, Messi, Alba. Everybody knew that it was coming. The, I mean, one more to Messi because hello, Alba is going against the the end line, and you know he's gonna make a make a, the ball coming back. And Messi was by himself pretty much, and he got a magic touch, which was a even I appreciated even more because he was not standing and he was not. He was falling. The ball. He was right. falling he was, down. It was falling down. Yeah, more like a tackle, more like a sliding. He knew that he yeah. would not make it to the ball exactly because the ball wasn't exactly perfect to his left foot. So he slid, 
and connect with the ball and put it on the top of the, on top of the net. That was, I mean, uh, on, the, on the roof of the <clears throat> inside. And, uh, and that was absolutely magic because it was a different kind of thing. It was a Messi trying to connect the ball, even if he's not having, you know, perfectly delivered to him. So uh, more power to the combination of Messi-Alba. Uh, it, it, you know, it was, uh, it was absolutely locura. Yeah, it almost looked like a pinball. It almost looked like a pinball machine. You know when you see a pinball machine and they're going pop, 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 back, back, yes. back, back, back. I mean, yeah. it was, it was really, people. it was, yes, it was, it was a great, it was a great thing to see that, that goal was, uh, it was a, it was a nice, nice goal, especially for the Inter-Miami fans after sort of suffering through a lot of the game. Uh, before we go on to Orlando, what do you think, um, you know, what areas, I mean, some people have said, you know, Busquets, I don't know if it's the ankle that he looked a little bit off the, you know, he, the attackers got behind him a couple of times. He got he pulled a guy by the shoulder and got the foul. And Suarez, uh, very, um, that they soft. both looked a little bit slow. Very soft, that penalty. Everybody's talking about the, the ejection, that it was uh, that it was not right to eject uh, uh, Delgado uh, from the Galaxy. But also, I see that nobody's talking about that. I see over and over and over that penalty. He don't even grab the jersey. He was just put the hand on it. It, it wasn't enough. I think to to uh, to award a penalty in the very beginning of the game, he just put the hand on top. I, I I don't see that as a foul for a penalty, but nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about you know the ejection that it wasn't right. Which it yeah it, it, to tell you the truth, that you know I think that the ref didn't do a good job at all neither during the whole game. Uh, but uh, but th then again. Uh, Yes and yes and yes of what you're telling is uh, we have a lot of problems because we have a lot of players over 35. And, uh, and the same thing has happened with Busquets probably and with Jordi Alba. They don't want to play every game. Uh, thank God we have Federico Redondo now who can uh, fulfill that position also. I wanted to ask about that, about how yeah. they may need, you know, uh, Sergio Busquets, maybe he needs, you know, Kremashi right. is, is injured right now. He needs maybe somebody playing alongside him who can be the younger legs who runs around. That's not his strength. It's not running box to box, running all over the place. His strength is seeing the field, delivering the ball, linking the back to the front. That's what Sergio Busquets has always done so well. But he's not yeah. going to be a guy who's going to be running around all over the place. It's, it's, yeah, and, and I don't know if it's going to happen in every game uh, during the whole game. Because if you take a look, of the first game against Real Salt Lake, uh, Sergio Busquets actually was going backwards in between in between the defenders, in between Toto and and Christoph, and covered sometimes even on the right side for Yerlin, sending Yerlin to the attack. So it's going to be a different kind of Busquets this year, and also it's going to be a player that he will have to take some rest. He cannot play every single game. Uh, you know, it's natural. This is something that I have back and forth with our coach, Tata Martino, because I always ask him about the rotation. And I always ask him, and, and he always obviously wants to get all the best players all the time on the field. But uh, unfortunately, it's going to happen that he will have to rotate and, and, and probably earlier than he wishes, probably earlier than everybody wishes. And, uh, and, uh, and he will have to be understudies, <laughs> to use the theater world, understudies, the, the backup on the bench, that they will be able to cover for those big stars. Uh, saying that, I also have something that I, it always makes me laugh, and, and I think it's kind of interesting that people say, 
oh yeah, Inter Miami played so bad. They're bad. They don't want to go anywhere. But hey, if it wouldn't be for Messi, they would. Okay, guys, uh, Messi's playing for Inter Miami. That's why they put a lot of money. So wh wh what are you talking about? Hey, if it wouldn't be for me Okay, yes, that's why we brought Messi. That's why we brought him here to compensate and balance all the other spots. And maybe we are not so brilliant and we cannot have you know, an, an all-star in every single position. So we have Messi. So that kind of excuse for the haters to say, oh, Inter Miami is such a bad team and they don't want to go nowhere. But hey, if it wouldn't be for Messi, they wouldn't tie the game. Well, exactly. That's the point. That's why we have Messi. Okay. Case closed. What about Suarez? What do you, What do you think about What do you think about Suarez so far? He's always he's had knee issues before. He talked about it. Uh, do you think that? How do you think that he's played so far? What do you want to see from him? Why don't we Why don't we word it that I, I way? Be, what would you like What would you like to see from him in the next few games? What would you like to see from Mr. Suarez? I want to I want to see him better. Uh, he admitted it himself uh, last year that he, he plays usually with a lot of pain. Um, Luis Suarez is going to be probably only playing for one year. Uh, I'm sure he's doing the best he can in, in every single aspect. Uh, training, uh, taking care of himself, uh, you know, all kind of physical therapies to use this year as his swan song the last dance and, and, and have a good year. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It might take him a little longer because uh, the stretch between where he was playing in, in Brazil and then that long preseason, which probably didn't help him to go up and down <laughs> different, different countries and planes and this and that, instead of rest, go train, come back home, go train, come back home, play once a week, maybe don't play then, Obviously, don't play the 90 minutes, play 60 minutes. Maybe uh, maybe some games play as a sub and, and get Campana, try to get those uh, opposite defenders tired and then get Suarez and make a, you know, a completely different thing when they're already, already the centre-backs of their opposing team, they're tired, get Suarez in there now. Uh, you cannot expect to have the same connection with Messi as they have 10 years ago, uh, whatever, when they play together. So... We want to have to adapt to these players that they are doing everything they can to be in top shape. And, uh, and as we know, it's a completely different story in the U.S. because there are long trips. There are, you know, there are many young players and on the other teams that they are more physical and they're, and they're trying to also... Yeah, they always get... say the physical... Yeah, they, they talk about, you know, even with, with Higuain... The adjustment that Gonzalo Higuain yeah. had to make that well, you remember. The MLS league. I do remember. You remember and the when MLS said, league. You remember when yeah. he said, yeah, I thought I was going to come here and uh, smoke a cigarette. And smoke and, a cigarette. And, 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 and it's not. And it's, it's not. not. And the league, Rude it's awakening. physical. They all, they all talk about the physicality and the speed. When the players come from other countries, other in a lot of these players that come from very tactical teams – where they have world class players around them who are who are very tech, you know, they're very skillful, skillful players. They come to the United States. I'm not saying the United States players are not skillful in MLS, but the MLS, what they mostly talk about, these people who come from other countries, is the physicality of the league and the speed. 
speed and physicality in MLS is a big part of the game over here. Mm -hmm. And that is something that these players, especially when they're coming in their later years, they have to adapt. Would you agree with that? Of course, of course. And, and it's a rude awakening. And they were for many, many players. Back in, both of us, we were covering the beginning of the MLS. In my case, you are too young, but I was during the NASL years. And, uh, and, and the same thing in the beginning of the MLS, which I, you know, I'm covering since 1996. Many players, high-caliber players, they were coming thinking that, hey, <laughs> here is going to be easy. And I can call Lothar Mateus. He didn't last long, and he's a, he's a, one of the best players in history. And, uh, and, and he came here and said, oh, no, I cannot play with these kids. And, and not only that, they also, every single player that with all due respect, they don't have the, uh, you know, the name of the Messi or Suarez or Higuain. They want to cover those players the best way they can. So everybody was going to be talking about them. They want to put a star in their in their jersey hey they want to show i can hey i may be yeah. mls and you've never heard of me but yeah. i can cover this star i can handle this guy i can even handle though, you know? yes. so everybody's yes. trying everybody's trying uh he's trying the extra everyone's mile. under the spotlight everyone's under when they bring the star players the players around the star player are in the spotlight and the players playing against the star player is also in the spotlight. And they know yeah. if you're playing against Messi, you're playing against Suarez, you're playing against Busquets and Alba. Everyone is watching those games on Apple TV. Those are the ones getting the highest ratings. Those are the ones when, when your stadium is going to be full for your game, even if you're the opponent. And if you're one of those opposing players, you're saying, this is my chance to shine. They're, everyone's here to see those stars. This is also my chance to shine against those stars. And so those guys are getting, they have a bullseye, I said before, maybe Target should be the, uh, Target could be the sponsor of the back of the Inter-Miami jersey because they have a big Target on their back and all the other players want to play their best against this team. Yeah, and by the way- get everyone's best game. Yeah. By the way, uh, Target, Target Corporation, you can call Michelle and I, we can do commercials for you. Target. Yeah. <laughs> and what, on what radio station, Fernando, could they find you to do a Target ad? Uh, yeah, Let, let's do a Target ad. And, and before we go any further, also, I want to I want to say I'm sorry to our your great producer, Pierre, because uh, he sends all the all the tips for the podcast and... Uh, they, <laughs> the tips they say, in the background it's better to have a wall so you don't get distracted I have my whole my whole wall of uh, memorabilia but I, I think they're cool so I'm sorry Pierre but uh, this is a this is a it's a cool thing uh, a lot of good mementos and and uh, and uh, that's why I didn't want to remove them <laughs> I want to ask a couple last things before we go two things one I want to ask about Federico Redondo. Uh, we're going to get to see him play soon. Uh, this is a guy who has been compared to a young Busquets. He's a deep-lying defensive midfielder, tall, lanky, whatever. I've seen him mentioned in that in that type of player. His father was a very good player. Uh, Fernando played with Real Madrid. Uh, what can you tell us from what you've seen about him in Argentina and with their under-23 team? What is Inter-Miami getting with Federico Redondo, and how do you think he will fit in with the lineup, where do you see him playing and what is he going to do? Do you think what role he will play with this team? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> in one way, it was unfortunate because I was I was uh, thinking that I would see Federico Redondo playing a lot more because he was mentioned to go to River Plate, my team in Argentina. And he was very close to do that. 
and um, I, I follow the Argentinian the Argentinian league, but I follow River Plate game every single game. So I haven't seen him play a lot in Argentinos Juniors, his previous team, but I also see him play in the pre Olympics and uh, and uh, in, with the national team. And 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 he when he was mentioned to go to River Plate, I was very happy about that because I, I, it's a player that he um, he can really uh, be the owner of the of the center field and and he's a very good very good in a defensive way and 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 having control of the ball and, and also they compare him to his dad a lot which is a a very high, well, high Busquets is, yes. is also very high but uh, but when you when they compare you with your dad it's even more difficult because uh, you know you have the last name and uh, and and he's always going to be the son of Fernando Redondo uh, but uh, hopefully here, I'm very happy that he came to Inter Miami. Anyway, River Plate got another midfielder, and uh, and very happy that he played. He came here. Uh, hopefully, here he will do his own name, and he will be Federico Redondo from Inter Miami, and he will not be the son of uh, Fernando. In, in, you know, down the road, uh, I think that he will help us. You know, immediately and in a big way. Uh, he he can do more than one role. Like I said, I want to see him playing here first because of, I can do a lot of you know research now and and, and watch previous games of his in uh, in Argentino Juniors in the uh, in the Argentinian league. But like you mentioned, it's a completely different beast here. So uh, instead of trying to get the people you know uh, selling a story that how he's gonna do it, let's do the reverse. L- let's just say that he's a very good player that we pay a lot of money, that he's already in the national team, and, uh, and that let's wait to see him play here and adapt to the MLS, and then we assess. And because he's very young, even though he doesn't start with a, with a right foot, like it happened, for example, with Toto Aviles. He didn't start, you know, he was, and I saw him play in Argentina much more because he was playing in Racing Club, and, and, and he was very solid there. And when he started here in Inter Miami, he wasn't the same Toto Aviles, you know, with uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, you see him in the beginning uh, against Real Salt Lake, and he's a different Toto Aviles, and hopefully he's going to get better and better. Another young player from Argentina. We need a center back. Uh, we also need Freire as a center back to be with him, probably. That's another topic. But coming back to Federico, let him play a few games. Don't judge him in the first game and say, hey, he's not as good as they told me because he compared him. they compare him. I, I saw Michel and Fernando compare him to Busquets and, and Fernando Redondo. This guy is a fluke. Wait. Have a little patience. I know that we need to get the players now, but give him a few games to get used to this and, and then let's assess. Okay. Excellent. That's good advice. Good advice for all of us. And yeah, our final, are crazy, final question. People are trying to, yeah. so, people are trying to get all these new players and young players, and they wanted to be a superstars right here in the first game. It usually doesn't happen like that. Uh, right. l- let's bring another another player that he was doing not incredible good in the beginning, but right away he was good. Thank God, Facundo Farias. He yes. it took him maybe two three games, and then he already was uh, really good, and everybody was putting a lot of eyeballs on him, and he was uh, the, the the hope for this year to help Messi, and unfortunately he got injured. So yeah. let's wait a little bit. Let's wait a little bit let's for Federico. Wait. Don't wait. judge him before you see him in a few games. Okay. And my last question I want to ask you, we're going to look ahead to the Orlando game, yes. uh, which is the next game. 
You, I just want to ask you about the rivalry of Inter Miami and Orlando City. Last year, there was even uh, some purple paint that was thrown on the wall of the messy mural that they had to then go clean it up. The fan group, the supporter group. I know that you went on the bus with La Familia. You went with the diehard fans to the to take the drive up to Orlando. Just tell us real quickly to close out today's episode about the rivalry between Inter Miami and Orlando. I love to talk about the, the the rivalries and I love to talk about the fans. You know, I'm a pro fan. I always consider myself more than a, one of the broadcasters or more of the of the journalists. I consider myself a fan, the voice of the fans on the on radio, on TV, because I'm really close. And when I'm not working, you saw me in the north stand screaming and yelling with all the fans because I go and there and I don't sit, I don't sit in the press box, I don't sit in the in the VIP seats. I go and I stand with the fans. So the fans for me are the most important thing in football. Obviously, the product, the players, the stadiums, the organizations, but everything, all of that is supported by the fans. And our fans in La Familia with Inter Miami are definitely number one. I know them since day one, since they were not created, all these groups. Only Southern Legion in the beginning, then Vice City, then Nacion Rosa y Negro, the Siege. So I love them all, and I love when we have a respect Respectful rivalry with especially our I-95 Mickey Mouse team in, uh, in Orlando. <laughs> uh, so with all due respect, yeah, we don't like each other. And, and, and it's fine. It, this, that's the, the way it should be. That's the way it should be, you know, over the years. That's why River and Boca, they don't like each other. And uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona, they don't like each other. And Galatasaray and Besiktas, they don't like each other. So this is great. That's a great rivalry, but with respect. The incident that you mentioned, it, it was definitely uncalled. Uh, and, and, and the incidents that we also got some of our fans doing a couple of years ago in, uh, in Orlando Stadium, they were not needed neither. So let's try to be respect, respectful with one each other. Uh, we love soccer. We don't like each other. Fine. And uh, it was a great experience to go with La Familia for our incredible docu documentary, the the Apple put on uh, about uh, about Messi in the U.S. Uh, I have a great time going in the bus. I love, like I said, I consider myself a fan before anything. So it was a great experience. They probably will do uh, when we play away again. They will they will go again uh, in in Orts and uh, and it was gonna give me a, a, a great time. So uh, I think that is gonna be a great game. We don't know which Inter Miami will show up. Uh, fortunately, we have a full week of training. As soon as we came back from uh, from uh, from LA, we have a full week. Uh, we have a training tomorrow open for press. We have another training opening for on Friday for the press. So we see uh, what is developing from these couple of days. And uh, and hopefully it's going to be a great game. And we will win them. <laughs> I hope that we win. Uh, I, I'm not going to... I'm gonna. You see, like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat in this. Oh, yes, I thought it's going to be a good game. I hope that everything is fine and, and there is no injuries. No, we want to beat you, Orlando. We want <laughs> to beat you. And hopefully we win. <laughs> And, uh, and and that's gonna that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I hope I I answer your question in the right way. We do respect. Yes. yes, with due respect, with due respect. Well, thank you so much. I knew that it was gonna be an entertaining show. Anytime, just standing on the sideline at the practice with Fernando is always a joy and always fun. Even if we're just watching, even if we're just watching the practice together, making jokes, making fun. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for joining us. And again, for those of you, yes, that too. Uh, for those of you that, 
that want to listen. Uh, Fernando will be on the radio for all of the Inter Miami games. So now you know where to find him on 7:60 a.m. Right or seven yeah. night 7:60. Deportes Radio. 7:60. Deportes Radio. Tuning. Look for it. Tune in. Yes. Yes. So you'll be able to find him, hear him on all the games. And like you see just from this podcast, very entertaining and also very uh, knowledgeable about this team and about soccer in general and about MLS. So thank you so much to everyone who keeps tuning in to Inside Inter Miami. Please keep tuning in. Tell all your friends. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, all of your favorite uh, podcatchers. And we will keep doing this. And maybe Luis Suarez will also be doing this next week against Orlando. Thank you again, everybody. And we will see you next time. Ciao, ciao.